right this is uh the next fan up podcast the only podcast for the fans by the fans and since everyone's brackets are busted we thought we would uh have a little bit of a second wave of free agency uh recap and uh here joining me to discuss uh the nightcap we've got uh james our texan super fan how's it going james Oh, it's going great, money in the beautiful state of North Carolina where they know a thing or two about basketball and getting knocked out early. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, a lot of brackets busted just today. Um, speaking of broken brackets, let's uh, throw it over to Rob, everybody's favorite Buffalo Bills fan. How's it going, Rob? I'm doing all right. University of uh, Buffalo did, won a game, so I'm happy about that. But, uh, yeah, they, they're they no good. <laughs> Uh, they're awesome. Khalil Mack uh, was, was tweeting about his alma mater, so I was pulling for the Bulls myself. Um, we're also lucky enough to have uh, our Jets superfan, Alvaro. How are you doing today, Alvaro? I'm doing good, doing good. Excited about the Jets and the moves they're making in free agency. It's a good time of year. Hope springs eternal. And That's... speaking of the uh, big moves from the Jets, we're also joined by Dan, our Colts superfan. How's it going, Dan? It's going pretty good. And I guess let's just start off right there. Probably the biggest news um, since the season officially started that hasn't been talked about by Pod Vader and all the guys from the Thursday show that they put out uh, where they broke down all the moves every single team made, including all of the big quarterback moves. If you uh, want to hear your fan, your, your favorite team's uh, reaction to some of those moves, go ahead and download that podcast that was put out last week. But since then, I would say... Uh, the Jets ponying up uh, a nice little ransom to, to, to trade with uh, the Colts is probably the biggest news of the day. Uh, do you want to start first, Alvaro? Let us let us know your take from the Jets' perspective. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll get things started. Um, coming from the Jets, I got to say, I really like this move by them. They need a quarterback, and that's a huge understatement. And this quarter, this draft has four or five of them that can go in the first round. You know, it could be five if you view Lamar Jackson as a first-round talent. But by moving up to number three, the Jets pretty much guarantee they're going to get one of the top three guys, and I love it. Yes, they're giving up three second-round picks, and that's you know a bummer for a team that's trying to build a roster. But to get the quarterback that they want, I think this is going to allow them to do that, and I really like this move by the Jets. McCagnin's being aggressive, and I really like it. I really do. Um, I was one of the people on this show talking about your coach uh... – for coach of the year honors last year. I thought he did a hell of a job with that roster. And uh, if they move up and get a quarterback, it just, all those second round picks seems like a hell of a ransom to give to the Colts. Uh, Dan, from your take, do you think this means that uh, everyone can stop talking about Andrew Luck's shoulder and just assume that he's healthy and good to go? Yeah, I do. I think, uh, excuse me. I I think Andrew Luck's going to be back for, for Indianapolis next year, but I think the, this trade is perfect for what Indianapolis needs. I think they need a whole roster undertaking, and this is a good first step towards towards doing that. Um, the the news of the week for me was that they released Jonathan Hankins, but the uh, 
the other side of that coin is that they got all these extra picks. So um, if you believe our super fan, uh, Redskins super fan, Neil Washington, they still have a chance at drafting our good friend uh, Chubb, who many people think the Colts are going to take it at three, but if he falls to six and we can pull off these extra picks, it's pretty pretty good uh, deal for Indianapolis. So, yeah, I think I think Andrew Luck's back. Whether he's the same Andrew Luck or not, I don't know, but he's been in contact with our uh, fellow quarterbacks around the league, uh, making sure he can come back strong. And I think Drew Brees is the 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 name that rings a bell the most with some similar injury that he had back in the early 2000s. But uh, maybe maybe Andrew Luck had the same injury, maybe he didn't. But I I think he can come back the same way Drew Brees did and just make make some good decisions and be an elite quarterback still. Yeah, I think uh, from from your perspective, if it does go quarterback, 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 you're still sitting at six and looking to get one of those blue chip players, whether it's Chubb or Barkley or whomever. But um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the wheeling and dealing has only just begun. And I think that kind of sets the market for what it takes to move up. And I know, Rob, your team has got a lot of interest in trying to get a quarterback unless you're satisfied with the A.J. McCarron signing. Do you think your team's going to man up and try to get back up, uh, uh, maybe even ahead of the Jets, to try to get one of these guys? Or maybe oh, Rob's going to call me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's interesting. I think, um, you know, as far as uh, the trade value, I think uh, with the Jets, you know, being aggressive and trading, they gave up enough value, the value equivalent, you know, on the trading chart uh, just to, for just about the number one overall pick to move uh, to move up to three. Um, and I think for Indy, I think they're definitely going to get, I mean, either Chubb or Minka is uh, going to be there at six for them to take if they want them. I think Chubb will still be there. So I think for them, it was a great trade. I don't think they'll trade from that spot. I think it would take quite a bit to do it. I don't think the Bills are going to pull the trigger because if they're going to move up to two, they're going to have to give up a lot more. You know, they're going to have to give up more than that to do it. Um, you know, it's just for a lot of these teams, it's tough to trade down to 12. I mean, I'm sure that Indianapolis talked to the Bills, you know, about a trade. And from the Bills' perspective, they either decided it was too much Um or maybe the guy that they really are targeting is they don't need to trade up that high to do it. Um, but it'll be kind of interesting to see how it plays out for the Bills. I think four is a possibility. But if they don't get to four, there's I think there's a shot that one of the quarterbacks, um, probably Baker Mayfield, but I'm not terribly sure which one it'll be, falls to the 7-8 area uh, where I could definitely see the Bills trading with a team like Tampa uh, to get up ahead of the Miami Dolphins and take a quarterback. Um, you know, maybe move up, you know, just a couple spots as opposed to making that big jump. Uh, and as far as AJ McCarron, you know, just look at the con- they gave him a backup contract and they, you know, that happened for a reason. So they, you know, they view him as a, you know, a bridge or a stopgap guy um, while they get their guy in place. So we'll just kind of see how the rest of the offseason plays out. And to uh, validate some of that too, like Ballard's already said that he doesn't really see himself trading out of the top 10. So. That whole uh, flirtatious thing I gave Bills Robert there may have been a play into our uh, super fan mock draft to see what I could oh, get out of him. Oh yeah, you're gonna, gonna hear show from his me. hand there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might hear from me. <laughs> oh well, I know that uh, James, our Texan super fan, you're pretty well set at the quarterback position. You lost your backup quarterback, but 
Has your squad been doing anything? I know you were on the Thursday podcast. Have you guys done anything this weekend that raised an eyebrow from you, your perspective? I mean, lost our backup quarterback is kind of a stretch when you're talking about Tom Savage. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry, the starter. Wasn't he a starter for a while there? An <laughs> uh, uncomfortably long period of time he was the starter, yes. Um, well, starter. But no, he... <laughs> That's fair. That's uh, that's more than what Sam Bradford can say. Although Tom Savage is making considerably less than Sam Bradford has made over the course of his career. Um, You're a savage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. So um, hopefully you don't mean that I'm some like sub subpar performer at a, at a routine <laughs> task, like taking a snap. Um, I don't want to be that kind of savage. So uh, I think it came full circle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we planned this out. Um, no, the the uh, the Texans signed a, a, a honey badger there, so it's a seven million dollar deal. He took less money than what the Cardinals were offering him, and on top of that, it's not even like seven million dollars guaranteed. He's only guaranteed to get four and a half million of that. Um, the, the from NFL.com, three of their top six remaining uh, free agents are strong safeties. Um, you know, safety is very deep as far as free agents go this year. Cornerback is very deep this year because I think two of the top seven remaining are cornerbacks. Uh, and that's an area that the, the Houston Texans definitely have to improve upon. Um, once you saw Jonathan Joseph kind of fall off the cliff finally last year after stringing together a number of seasons where it's like, okay, this will be the year he falls off the cliff and just kind of hanging it, hanging it together for one more year. Um, I'd like to see them go after some more secondary help. Um, they, they made a little bit of a splash, as I talked about on Thursday, with a backup offensive lineman. And uh, I'm clearly not the only one excited about that uh, from the background there. Um, <laughs> but I, I'd like them to go after another offensive lineman. They're, they're kind of middle of the pack with close to $40 million in, in cap space left. So they can, they can still do a couple things. And they're going to have to since they're not going to be drafting until, until the third round. Um, but, yeah, to, to go back on what uh, – uh, Rob was talking about with the Bills, that, that whole stretch of like Buccaneers, Bears, 49ers, where they're all kind of equally set and equally unsteady as far as what they what they want to do this year, as opposed to just like grabbing a whole bunch of people. I can see him getting right up into that, right up into that area. And maybe there'll be a quarterback left there. Um, I mean, obviously there would have to be if the Bills are going to move up to that spot. Um, I was just amazed by how much the Jets gave up to, to move up. And again, that's kind of the cost of doing business. Uh, Rob mentioned that it, it's roughly the cost if you go by the Jimmy Johnson method of the somewhere between the first and second overall pick. If you go by the Chase Stewart method, which looks back at how much like a draft pick actually performed uh, relative to everybody else, it's the equivalent of the first and third, or first and third, or first and second overall pick, or for yeah, yeah, first and third, or first or second overall picks combined is what they gave up just to move up to three. So it's a it's a huge haul. Uh, that the Colts are getting at the hall that I would like to have seen go to someone else, not in my division, um, someone else with, uh, you know, still some holes that aren't, uh, aren't, aren't going to be competing with me two times a year. Uh, I think that's definitely fair. Um, does anyone know, was, was the honey badger injured at the end of last year or did he just get injured and was coming back? I just don't remember if he was, I mean, I, I know they signed him for seven-year deal, kind of a prove-it deal, but like, how bad was his injury? Is he going to be able to make a difference for you guys or no? 
I mean, considering who he's going to be competing with on the on the safety spot, yes, he can he can make a difference. Um, <laughs> before we hit the record, we were talking about how Cordell Patterson is going to make a difference for New England uh, returning kicks. I mean, at the at the very least, Matthew has has done that in his career, and that's an area of the game that the Texans have struggled. Um, obviously, that's super expensive for just a return guy, but um, you know, if he could just pass along his knowledge to a lot of the a lot of the younger guys in the in the locker room, a lot of the guys that you know don't have quite the number of snaps that he does and maybe just bring bring one of those intangible things which is really strange for me to talk about because I'm not big on the intangibles or you know the unmeasurables but uh, there were a lot of plays last year where it was a bunch of finger pointing a bunch of no you know you, a bunch of the, the, the good old you've got it that uh, you know always seems to befall uh, particularly bad secondaries. Well, can we all at least agree that he has got to be in the running for one of the top 10 uh, nicknames of all time? I mean, Honey Badger, that's money in the bank. I don't know when that started or how, but that's, I've always just pulled for him just because of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't argue with that. He's top three, not even top 10. That's a great nickname, no doubt. Uh, well, you brought up Cordero Patterson, so I guess it's time for me to speak about my team. And everybody knows that if you want to win Super Bowls, you need to get older and more expensive in free agency. And that's exactly what John Gruden is doing. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I wasn't expecting him to do anything in the first wave, but they've signed a couple of blocking tight ends, a long snapper, a fullback. I mean, he is bringing us back to the 90s, and he's going to want to run the ball. Um, he also signed Doug Martin, which everyone was reporting. They had some kind of an interview, uh, met one-on-one, -on -one, and he came away really impressed with him, uh, which, I mean, probably isn't as important as the last couple years' worth of game film from Doug Martin. But it's only a one-year deal. It's just depth at the position. I think today the Beast Mode got a roster bonus of like a million bucks, so everyone's pretty confident that he's going to stay on the team. Um, but I think that depends on if anyone else gets cut. The Raiders, uh, once they found out Jordy Nelson was on the market, they sent Derek Carr to pick him up at the airport, and they locked him in for two-year deal uh, with like $13 million guaranteed, and he's 33 years old. So in order to make room for Jordy, they cut Crabtree, who's 31 years old um, and was making less money. So they did get a little bit older and more expensive at that position, but – I don't know. I'm kind of when the end of the season uh, came down last year, Crabtree literally took himself out of the game in the second half and was just standing there joking around as the Raiders season was just crumbling. Uh, I didn't feel he was going to be on the team going forward. Um, and I actually didn't hear that he was going to be on the team until Gruden started talking about it. Like I figured Del Rio was going to get rid of him. Gruden made some comments that he was going to work with them. And then I guess Jordy Nelson just sealed the deal. So I don't know. I think uh, the Raiders are making some interesting decisions. I don't know if it's going to work. I know that it's important to run the ball. Um, they signed a bunch of like second tier guys, which fill some definite holes. Um, I think going into the draft, they're going to be able to get best player available and then hope that they're two young guys from the past couple drafts will come back and help out with the secondary, but trading uh, Cordell Patterson to the Patriots just for a fifth swapping a fifth and a sixth round pick didn't make any sense to me. Um, I guess he was due to make 3 million bucks. So they got a little bit of salary cap relief. I know they got Khalil Mack signing coming up on the horizon, but it's not like they're, you know, up, up against the wall. So just kind of another eyebrow raising move by uh, Reggie McKenzie and John Gruden. 
Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. And then the next thing that kind of happened from that is once the Raiders cut Crabtree, the uh, Baltimore Ravens decided to fail Ryan Grant on his physical when they had just signed him to some ridiculous contract. I think it was like $20 million. And uh, Crabtree signs with Baltimore and gets a lifetime of crab cakes from a local restaurant. So that's kind of a weird saga from the Raiders. I don't know if you guys have any takes on either Ryan Grant or Michael Crabtree. Um, I thought it was I, – I hated the move up because of, because of a couple of reasons. One, I think they gave – you know, I like Crabtree, but they gave him a pretty big contract. Uh, Baltimore loves those aging uh, wide receivers, uh, and it hasn't really worked out for the past couple of years, but they keep on trying. And um, ironically, uh, Ryan Grant was in Indianapolis today, and uh, he passed his physical there. So, you know, feel like the Ravens might have been playing in dirty pool uh, when it came to his physical. I think they gave him some antibiotics. He had a case of the crab trees, right? Well, I heard Ryan Grant went to cash his uh, Baltimore Ravens check and threw out his back for the physical. Like that was a <laughs> substantial amount of money. That yeah, you know, I, I wish it upon everybody to get their big payday. Really, I do. But that one kind of came out of left field for me. Yeah, yeah I think they dodged a bullet there. Yeah, I mean, four four years for thirty million. I think was Ryan Grant's contract. I think they had some intense buyer's remorse and just failed him on his physical. Man. Monty, you brought up uh, signing in Doug Martin. Um, I was really surprised that we haven't seen anything about Adrian Peterson working out for John Gruden or even like DeMarco Murray. (laughs) I mean, you guys laugh about it, but, you know, Gruden is going to be an old school. I want one guy to carry the ball. You know, he, we, we joke about it with like Belichick and Coughlin about how, Oh, you know, they don't understand technology, but then when you actually dig into like what they do in practices, they, they utilize technology. Gruden on, on multiple examples or multiple times over the course of his Monday Night Football broadcasting, he said, oh, no, 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 the, the way to go is uh, old school. The way to go is just run it up the gut. Him and Mike Malarkey could probably have really good in-depth conversations about running, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. Um, like, I, I don't get the Doug Martin fit when you have other – running backs out there that seem to be better than Doug Martin and also do things kind of the smash mouth way better than Doug Martin. Well, I mean, so I think Lynch is locked in for another year. At least that's the assumption I'm going on. So you bring in Doug Martin to either spell him or maybe change it up a little bit, but the Raiders have two younger backs that are pretty good receivers out of the backfield anyway. Um, Doug Martin, by the way, another great all-time nickname. I thought the muscle hamster was hilarious when I first heard it. Um, but, uh, the quote that I saw floating around the beat writers on Twitter this week was from John Gruden saying, you know what he loves about running for four yards on first down is you can run it again on second down. So, I mean, if that's what he wants to do and in, in theory, right, if everyone's zigging, then you want to zag. So if everyone's bringing in some smaller linebackers that are better in coverage, you want to be able to line up behind that big expensive offensive line and run it down their throats. Um, but they did not do that last year. They had all the same offensive linemen, and they brought in Marshawn Lynch, who was okay, but they struggled to run the ball. Um, I mean, new regime, new whatever. I'm going to sit here with my glass of Jameson, and I'm just going to you know, hope for the best. i, I got to hope that he knows what he's doing. But I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely uh, you know, I'm not celebrating. I don't feel like Vince Young that we're putting together the dream team in this free agency, at least not yet. 
Um, speaking of dream teams, I'm going to go down to the next big signing that I think took place after your guys's last show. And that was, uh, Malcolm Butler signed a pretty substantial contract with the Tennessee Titans who feel to be ascending in that AFC South division. Um, he signed a five-year deal for 60 million. Is that what I'm reading, Dan? Is that uh, raise any eyebrows for you? Or are you hoping that whatever got him to get benched in the Super Bowl continues of his tour of Tennessee? Yeah, I'm going for the latter there. I I don't I don't understand why all these teams in the AFC South think they can just go out and sign all these free agents and can solve all these problems, except for Indy. Like I don't know. Like <laughs> Malcolm Butler felt like a good fit for me, and Tennessee goes out and signs him, and then Jacksonville. I think they had another big signing this year with a uh, with someone, and even <clears throat> going back to the Honey Badger signing. Gosh, the the Texans had a nice big signing this year. So I don't know. Free agency seems like a big whiff for my, my Colt. So maybe I'm a little bitter, but I don't know. Malcolm Butler feels like the perfect fit here for Tennessee to, to get them to take the next step in the, the AFC South. But I don't know when, when Jacksonville made all their signings, I always, I, I said they were a year away and then it took them a year to get there. And now they're a quarterback away. So, so I don't know. I mean, if you believe in Tennessee's quarterback, maybe they're there, but I don't know. This is the bitter man's way of saying it. I wish Indy would have taken a swing at him. No, that's fair at. enough. That's fair enough. I just, uh, Rob, what do you think about that contract? Five years, $61 million for Malcolm Butler. Is that a good signing, or is that one of those where you're like, boy, I'm glad my team didn't lock that in? Man, it pays to be a good cornerback in the NFL. <laughs> um, I I don't love it, but just because it's so much money, I mean, he's talented. And, uh, you know, maybe that is kind of, you know, the market for it. But I, I'm i not a huge fan of his. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I think that's the type of money you give someone who is great, but, you know, you're all. it's always going to be an inflated deal, um, you know, in free agency. Uh, I'm happy the Bills didn't make a move like that and real, you know, strong. Well, I say, I, I say they didn't make the move, but I guess Star Latui was uh, a little bit overpaid. Um, but that was, uh, you know, I just uh, think that he probably did get overpaid a little bit, but that's all these days. I mean, that's all anyone was ever talking about after that Super Bowl, though, so maybe he, he earned that contract. I heard Malcolm Butler's name brought up after the Super Bowl for like three weeks, so I mean, maybe he earned it during that one game. Well, I mean, also, we got to figure out what exactly the details around that contract are. Like, if only $30 million of that is guaranteed, like, sure, it's a five-year contract, which translates in NFL terms to two years' worth of guaranteed money and a third that would make it somewhat painful for the club to cut him. Like, you know, sure, it might be $50 million or $60 million over the course of five years. There's no chance he sees year five of that. There's very little chance he sees year four of that without it being restructured in some way, shape, or form. So you look at the first three years, my guess is he's only going to make, you know, $35 million over those first three years, and then he's going to be free and clear of, uh, of anything that the Titans owe him. And then to answer Dan's question of why the AFC South is so uh, prevalent in free agency, uh, the Colts second most cap room left, the Titans fifth most cap room left, the Texans eighth most cap room left. <laughs> I mean, they, they have those three teams have enough cap room between the three of them to start another NFL team and still, you know, work within this $178 million cap. 
Touche, salesman. <laughs> uh, there's good young quarterbacks in that division, though. I think that kind of when you, when you have to break up your salary based on a huge mega deal that you give to your quarterback, I mean, that kind of changes things. So, I mean, I'm sure you guys will be up against the wall as soon as uh, uh, Deshaun Watson gets his new deal. I'm sure Luck's going to break the bank whenever that is. I mean, he already did. Fair enough. Um, one thing that I saw that happened this week, too, uh, Alvaro, I don't know if your division foes, the uh, Patriots, I don't know if Patrick's going to send in a thought or two, but how many ex-Bengals running backs does Bill Belichick need to win his sixth Super Bowl? I mean, all of them. I think he's just going to get as many as he can get. I think he's trying to get Cedric Benson to come out of retirement and uh, come towards some rock for the Patriots. But this is another signing that just because it's Belichick, I'm worried. Like, I feel like he's going to be able to get the best out of Jeremy Hill that the Bengals weren't. Um, and I think it's a good replacement for sort of uh, LeGarrette Blunt they had a couple of years ago. That's that nice goal line back and come in and finish off drives for them. So I think the Patriots are probably going to just maximize Hill the way they did with Burkhead last year, and they're just going to kind of keep rolling. I don't like it, but it's a good signing for them. Well, since it's Belichick, I think we all give it a pass that the genius is evil and knows what he's doing. But is this almost an admission that he made a mistake last year when he gave Burkhead all that money and Gillisley all that money? I mean, he's still trying to find that replacement for LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, I think he really, you know, realized that the, the team missed that kind of like grounded, you know, ground and pound kind of back, and they needed to bring that back. So, I mean, is an admission of him being wrong? It's Belichick. I don't know if Belichick's capable of being wrong, but to the extent that's possible, he got some. He he missed one. I thought they doubled down on Burkhead. Didn't they just resign him again? They did. They did. They, they did, did yeah. resign Burkhead. They did resign. They let um they let Deion Lewis go, and Burkhead got a nice contract, I think. Well, since I, I wish my failures be... were judged as. I wish my failures were judged as still made the Super Bowl but lost. <laughs> and had a chance to win right till the very end. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if uh, yeah. Bob's going to let any of this New England Patriot bashing slip through the cracks anyway, since he's doing the editing. But uh, a couple other big signings I thought I'd throw to you guys and see what your thoughts were. Um, I know the Vikings made all the headlines by bringing in the really expensive Captain Kirk signing, but I thought that Sheldon Richardson signing uh, on the defensive line that's, was also pretty significant for that team. That's a scary good signing for them because having seen Sheldon Richardson play for the Jets for so many years, he's really good. He can be really disruptive. And you add him to that defensive line, that's it's almost unfair. Like they made the they made the NFC Championship last game last year with Case Keenum and they got Kirk Cousins an upgrade at quarterback and they upgraded their made their defense even better. Like it's almost unfair. Is Sheldon's knock that he's a head case? Was he the one who was speeding down the highway with guns and underage people? Or am I thinking of a different troubled New York Jet? You are correct. Um, and unfortunately, there's a couple of Jets who could fit that description. But no, he, um, he, is, he is most known for being caught speeding with a minor in the front seat and a loaded handgun and some marijuana also. So not, not great. Um, but and he also he with Brent, the Brandon Marshall he had a, he the two of them couldn't get along and they really created a toxic atmosphere in the in the locker room. But he's his talent is limitless. He just he's a bit of a head case off the field and he can have some personality issues in the locker room. But get him into a strong you know culture, sort of what Mike Zimmer's got over there in Minneapolis, and I think he'll be able to fall in line. 
Yeah, I think uh, ever since that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air video, I mean, who among us hasn't been speeding down the highway with an underage person in the passenger seat? I mean, Will Smith was stopping by McDonald's, but uh, sounds like Sheldon Richardson had a little something else cooking. But I don't know. I thought it was a great signing for the Vikings. I actually like what they did. Whether or not Captain Kirk is worth that money, I mean, that's always the eternal question. But it feels like when you've got a team that good and that defense is that good, once all those guys come around for their next big contract, it's hard to keep them all together, which is kind of what's happening to the Seahawks right now. And they're pushing all their chips to the center of the table saying, you know what, I don't know if it's going to last for our windows another year or two, but we're going for it. Yeah, I think their window is like one more year because they've got like digs coming up. They got Thielen coming up. They got, I mean, yes, their, their defense is, more or less set for at least a year or two, but they've got so many people on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, yes, the Vikings defense was great, but, you know, their offense, you know, carried Case Keenum. You know, they they made Case Keenum look incredibly good. Um, it's not a, it's not a slouch of an offense. And in a year, you know, they're, they're looking at having to re-sign a whole bunch of guys that are going to be looking to get paid after two or three years of very good production. Yeah, another big signing that uh, kind of raised an eyebrow for me, and that's just because he used to be a chief, and I thought he was dominant on the defensive line, was Don Terry Poe. I'm kind of surprised he didn't get more money. Um, he signed for like a three-year deal. They're saying on average between 9 or $10 million. Is that on par with what Star signed for Buffalo, uh, Rob? Yeah, yeah, it's it's – um, Star got $10 million a year, and I'll tell you what, man, I'd rather have Don Terry Poe at this contract than uh, Star Latui uh, for what we got him for, um, you know, when ours was a five-year deal. Um, I think Don Terry Poe is rock solid, that he played well in Atlanta last year um, on his one year. And then, you know, prior to that, obviously in Kansas City, you know probably better than all of us how well he played out there then. Yeah, I think he's yeah, a, he's, he's a force inside. Again. Oh, sorry. To raise my bitter point again, Hankins got cut for less than ten mil a year, and none of it was guaranteed. So, go on. Well, I guess um, other than all of the names that we kind of ran through, is there anyone else that's still out on the market that you guys would like to kick the tires for or back up the Brinks truck for an Indomitian Sioux? Anyone out there that you you kind of got your eyes on, Rob? Or are you just thinking um, about the draft? Right. I mean, at this point, the Bills have kind of spent their money. They're down to about $20 million. Um, So they can bring some, you know, bring some smaller uh, contract guys in, but nothing big. So they're definitely not bringing out the Brinks truck for anybody. I'd like to see them sign a wide receiver, if possible. Um, I don't I know. Ryan Grant's available. <laughs> well, yeah, he, uh, he might cost a couple bucks. You're looking at his last contract. I mean, it's possible they could go after some, you know, bring back Jordan Matthews. Um, since he doesn't apparently seem to be getting much love in free agency. And granted, it's only a couple of days old, but, you know, he didn't go in the first, second wave. Looking at a list right now, and there's not really anyone I'd want them to kick the tires on. Honestly, let's just go to the, you're going to do a quarterback. Uh, Alvaro, are the Jets looking for a wide receiver, or is all that stuff, speaking of uh, Jets that have been in trouble with the law, you got any issues with Robbie Anderson, or is that all cleared up? I mean, I think we're, they're still waiting to see what the league's going to do with Robbie Anderson. He's going to be suspended. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, in terms of free agents, uh, there's no there's no receiver that I really think the Jets need to get. Um, I mean, they have 
Robbie Anderson for however long, many games he'll play for them this season. But they also have Jermaine Curse, Quincy Anunua coming back. Um, you know, they have a bunch of guys who are two slash, two slash threes, and I don't really think there's a receiver out there on the market that's better than what they have, which is saying something because they don't really have too much of the receiver position. But I think the Jets are fine where they are where they are right now, maybe a few more signings for depth along the offensive line. But I think time for them is just to gear up for the draft and make sure they get that quarterback pick right because it's been half a century that the Jets have been looking for a quarterback and they need to get it right. Yeah, the draft is always a fun time. Uh, how about you, Dan? It looks like your team is uh, stockpiling draft picks. Is there anyone out on the free agent market you'd like to see? Well, you would kind of brought it up. You'd like them to see it make a move for something. doesn't feel like it's in the cards. Yeah, no, it's, it seems like there's some free players still out there. You know, maybe a receiver like uh, Jordan Matthews, Kendall Wright type player, just, just to give the Colts a solid number two. Maybe uh, Michael Floyd, uh, Cody Latimer, but even going to the, like, the defensive side, maybe uh, Coney Ely, uh, Ryan Russell, Marcus Smith type, edge defender. I don't know. I, I think there's some small type names out there that, that would make some sense. Uh, obviously, uh, Sue would make a great fit in Indy, but they just cut a defensive tackle like Jonathan Hankins. So I don't, I don't know what they're looking for, but I, I think there's some players that make sense for Indy, but maybe the timing's wrong. Maybe they're trying to play the compensation picks uh, in, in their name too. So be interesting to see how the rest of the free agency period plays out for them. Sure. Um, and then I'm going to go to James last. You had mentioned you were hoping to see a little bit more depth on the secondary, but as our resident numbers guy, who, if you had to put your dart, board, uh, dart on the wall, who do you think is going to back up the Binks truck? Dominican Sue literally said the money is the only thing that's driving his decision of where he plays next year. Man, that's – yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a weird weird situation for him to be in. I mean, he, he's already going to get paid out of Miami a little bit, uh, a little bit by uh, his standards <laughs> a little bit, by our standards a, a lifetime, right? Um, it'd be really interesting to see him go to a team like somebody right on the brink, even like the Niners. I mean, they could, they could definitely bring, you know, bring the Brinks truck up for him and not, you know, suffer too terribly much. Um, you know, especially if they want to try and take advantage of the kind of the the division, the flux that that division is in. Um, Outside of that, like you're, you're not really going to get a whole bunch of buyers on Indomitian Sioux. Um, he also may not like that whole California state tax. Maybe he just kind of goes up the road to uh, Tampa Bay, uh, or I guess across the state, not so much up the road to Tampa Bay. They could they could pay him, but it's not like they're close enough to really warrant paying some big defensive end. So it's I don't know. He's kind of in a weird spot. I don't think he's going to get paid nearly as much as he thinks he is, and that may lead to him like just sitting out for part of the year, similar to. Uh, uh, you know, like what you see a lot of the starting pitchers do in Major League Baseball, just sit out, see who gets hurt in the preseason, and then, you know, sweep in there. Because, I mean, he's, it's not like he's going to play preseason games games to begin with. Um, and it's not like the team that brings him in is going to understand that he's anything other than just, you know, run straight ahead, stop the run, get to the, get to the quarterback. So pretty easy to plug and play into a system and will probably be kind of relying on a team to – you know, fool themselves into thinking that they're a lot better than they than they actually are. I mean, he's not as reliable as Bernard Pollard, for example. Am I right, Pills Robert? 
<laughs> we like Bernard Pollard. <laughs> I, I mean, I still think he's a dominant defender. I mean, he plays on the inside. That's hard to get. He just demands a double team. Like I'm, I'm hoping he's, he goes over to the NFC, goes back to the NFC because we played the Dolphins last year. And I, I mean, he's still a beast. I don't think the Raiders can afford to bring him in and I don't want to see him in the AFC. I don't know, man. You got close to $30 million in cap room. Just, just do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, money. The salary money is uh, always kind of wonky, right? So Khalil Mack's going to get his big deal, but that first year is always converted into the signing bonus. So you can actually end up saving money on that year one of the deal. I mean, if they gave him a one year incentive related contract and the Raiders got back into the playoffs and you were eating 20 burrito, uh, Taco Bell tacos, uh, next this time next year. I mean, I, I could I'd sign up for that. All right. I mean, it, it, would he be enough to put Matt McGloin over the uh, over the hump there and and get you out of that ten Taco Bell? Bet? Come on, man. It's EJ Manuel now. The Raiders are set at backup quarterback. Best hard count guy in the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, fellas. Anybody else have anything else you want to throw out there? Any eyebrows raised? Anything else you want to throw out there? Jarek McKinnon going to the San Francisco 49ers. He is going to be unleashed, and he's going to be a beast. Really? Just okay. from, from his pass-catching prowess? Or, what, I mean, what, what are you, what are you he's gonna, basing that on? That, because he's going to be a great fit in that zone-blocking scheme that they run, and running backs eat in that offense. It's the same offense he had in Atlanta. You know, it's everywhere he goes, the running back eats well, and he's going to be the featured back, and he's going to – he fit – you know, Carlos Hyde didn't fit that system. This this guy will fit – fits the system, and he is going to – he's going to play well, and he's going to he's gonna have a strong year. He's going to be worth the money for them. Well, you're a draft guy, and I, I mean, everyone's saying that this draft has got a lot of running backs in it. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm still not convinced that the uh, feature back of Jimmy GQ is on that roster until after the draft comes and goes. Uh, I, they, I, mean, I mean, their $6 million fullback has to get his too, right? Yeah. You got to pay those fullbacks big money. The Raiders just signed one to $4 million. You need to pay fullbacks big money. Otherwise, there's no way you can win. Right? The fullback in San Francisco, I think, is the, isn't he like the ninth highest paid running back or something like that? And, like, and if you add them to the running backs, like the ninth highest paid or something. That's crazy. Funnily enough, I think Jeremy McKinnon might have bumped him out of the pop, out of, out of the pop, ah, out of the top ten. Like That's, that <laughs> is funny. So his own teammate, man, he's no longer a top ten running back at the fullback position. All right, fellas, always a pleasure. I enjoyed talking football with uh, 32 fans who are diehard about their team. Doesn't matter what time of the year it is. Um, Looking across the board here, if you want to uh, talk some smack about Rob Tuning, why don't you get back at him at, at Buffalo Sauce on Twitter. Uh, Houston James is at Boiler James. Uh, looks like Dan is at Dynasty by Luck. I'm at Monsadius. And Alvaro, if people wanted to get a hold of you just to talk some smack at you, what would they do? Tweet at the, uh, at the Next Fan Up podcast? 
Yeah, yeah, tweet that, and I'm going to get the Twitter up and going for the next season, so I'll have something they can uh, contact more directly. But for now, just next fan up, and I'll have something soon. They can do some direct contact. All right, sounds good, fellas. Uh, football season is twenty, uh, you know, twenty four seven, twelve months a year. So, feels like uh, uh, teams are making moves. Uh, I'm, I'm questioning mine, but it sounds like we've got some hope on the other end of the line. Uh, and for the next fan up podcast, go out and buy some Harry's razors and we'll, we'll be in touch soon. You guys uh, take care of yourselves. All right. Take it easy. Next week will be next week. Today I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to go back home and, and hang out. This is the smell of a warm three day old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. <sighs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra strong trash bag with new fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty. <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.